G'day folks and welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. I am your stand-in host once again, Alexander Spinks, and I am joined by my dear friend, Ollie. We don't have a nickname for him, Crump. Ollie, welcome Thank back. Thank you so much for having me. It's probably time we, we get a nickname. I'm just pleased that I haven't been axed for the second test. I was about to say the reports were so positive about your previous <laughs> performance. He's done it. You haven't been dropped. You've shored up your place at number I've six. I've wanted my way into the test team. Oh, I was going to say marshed. You marshed, marshed your way in. Like Warner, Warner's been there for a while. We will get to him later. But yes, you're um, back. Thank you for coming. Pleasure. I'm back, whether you like it or not. But uh, it's a pleasure to be here for round two. Sure, my dear friend Joe, who is our only one and done guest host on this podcast, is actually he's quite happy not coming <laughs> again. I actually, gave him a panic attack last time, so <laughs> I think he's very glad that you're in, in for him for well, the run. So. We smashed Pakistan. It was brutal. Like, like not the nation that's <laughs> been done by other countries other than us much worse historically. But in a cricket sense, we did, as Adam Hassan pointed out, what we always do in home conditions, and we just battered them, Crump. Yeah, comprehensively. You could, we should rebrand it to the, the West Test Massacre. It's- and it's a bit of a shame, really. I was really cheated up to see Pakistan turn up, put on a bloody good show. But it wasn't that. I, I think I convinced myself that they were going to do good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> even after Adam had given us the stats that since 1999, they have not, not only not won, not drawn a single test in Australia for 24 yeah. years. It's it's. And even then, I was like, I think they can. I think they can do it. I think they can give us a, a bit of entertainment against, against a top oh. Australian team. Maybe, maybe we were a bit naive, but it was a bloodbath. Yeah, absolutely smashed. And I don't say this very often, but I was I was dead wrong about that. So, what are you? What are your early thoughts? Any anything that kind of jumps out to you from the test, Ollie? Anything you want to chat about? I mean, I I actually came into it thinking, oh yeah, if it's going to be a massacre. I might just watch a little bit. I'll bop my head in every now and then. But as soon as the first day started, I was glued and I hated it. <laughs> you hated that you loved cricket? Are you- no, but I find, I my- I find myself doing this part. over and over again. I mean, maybe a bit contentious here, but do you ever start rooting for the other team? I've heard you say that many times before in your life and you come out with the most white bread mundane <laughs> things I've ever heard in your life. Like it's like- an old married friend going, this might be a point of contention, but I sleep on the left side of the bed. <laughs> be contentious here. Fairy bread. What are your thoughts? <laughs> oh, love it. Top no, notch. But, Perfect Australian but, snack. But do you ever find yourself rooting for the other team? Because I, I do. Is that- Okay, this is contentious. <laughs> what? Yeah, dude. Don't you? Like, when Australia, like, are coming to, coming to bat again, carrying a lead of- 216 from the first innings. I'm just thinking in the back of my head, of course, I love you, Australia. Go, Australia. But, like, come on, Pakistan. Roll them for 70. Like, roll them for 70. <laughs> get Shafiq and Imam al-Haq in there uh, in the fourth innings, 100 for none, and just make it interesting. Like, let's get a red-hot day four under our belts. Okay, those are, those are two very different thoughts. There is, let's make it interesting. I'm all for making it interesting. Like, I'm sure, like, our creators of the pod, Pat and Chris, were at day four, and they were <laughs> lucky they got there because the match was over by yeah. the afternoon. But making it interesting is always the way, unless it's against England, in which case, 
go to hell. No, co- comprehensive bloodbaths are, are pretty pretty well received against yeah, England. Yeah, we, we're all big fans. So, making it interesting is great, but that doesn't mean you're going for the other team, surely. You just want them to do well so we can do I'm better. I'm rooting for them in moments, not to win the match. Then that is perf- That is perfectly acceptable. Thank you very much. Not contentious in the slightest. Well, I'll sleep on the left side of my bed very soundly tonight. (laughs) I do sleep on the left side of my bed and I am very comfortable. (laughs) The only time I've ever almost gone for the other team was the 2015 ODI World Cup in Australia, which was the Australian-New Zealand final. It was Brendan McCullum fever. Like, baseball before baseball. It was everyone who wasn't Australian was on New Zealand's side. And even quite a few Australians were. And leading up to the game, I thought, you know what? We've won. No! What? You know? Let no, me No, finish. Alex, this is going let against the Australian finish. ethos of the underdog. In this one moment, we're the underdog and you choose to support- We were not the underdog. Are you kidding okay, me? Okay, It was a home final in Melbourne in front of 90,000 baying Australians. We won't be <laughs> underdog. Are you kidding me? We never are. Like, we we had Michael Clark as a captain, and he'd scored maybe 17 runs in about two and a half years, and we were still smashing yeah, okay. everyone. Fair. But look, you went- you were- That semi-final against Pakistan- with the only interesting part of the match was Wahab Riaz trying to knock Shane Watson's head off. Other than that, it was a very straightforward affair. We smashed them. Whereas New Zealand came off the epic match against South Africa where Grant Elliott smashed the six towards the end to prove that South Africa would choke on a piece of dust <laughs> if it entered the air track wrong. We were not the underdog. So how dare okay. you throw I'm- the the battling Aussie image in my face for your narrative. Maybe it's just coming from a place of privilege, Alex. Looking looking down onto us us simpletons. Oh no, you have privilege. You're a grammar school boy from the Blue Mountains. Like <laughs> All right, let's, let's, you, let's you don't get to talk get, to me about Let's privilege. not get too personal here. <laughs> and also Oliver's address is twenty nine <laughs> and his mobile number and he can be emailed at Yeah, my blah, blah, bank blah. details. <laughs> That is a thought. But yes, the only time I almost came to supporting our team was then. Because, we, you know, we'd, we'd won five, four World Cups, five World mm-hmm. Cups by then. New Zealand hadn't won one, still haven't won one. And I thought, maybe, you know, little brother New Zealand, let's, let's give him the leg up. And, and if I'd known then that 2019 was going to, to curse them so horrifically, maybe I, I'd give them 2015. I'd give them the 2015 World Cup. If I'd known what England was going to do to them four years mm. later, I think they can have No, I wouldn't. Oh, but you go for Pakistan. No, 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 no. You are no, a man of no, contradiction. No, don't, don't take the words out of my mouth and twist them around. But that's my <laughs> job, Oliver. No, but look, I mean, it, 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 was, it was a little bit frustrating at times, and no doubt from a Pakistani perspective as well. But, but what I found really unfortunate was that the top order – for the Pakistanis, they all made starts and and decent starts too, you know. Shif- Not just starts. I think Imam Hulhaq got 25 runs off 140 balls or something. He did a full yeah, end I mean, out. Um, what was this? Uh, Shafiq got 42, Masood 30, Baba Azam 21, Shaquille 21, 28, sorry. Imam Hulhaq was the- Just remember them off the top of your head. Uh, you? Yeah, I definitely don't have a notepad here with a, with a bit of a cheat sheet. <laughs> but Imam Hulhaq was the only one to kind of- Semi-convert with 62, you know? 
And even then, that's not that kind now, of semi-convert. Oh, yeah. I forgot that you added a <laughs> semi in there. But yeah, like he was there for, you know, nearly 200 balls. And Shafiq was also there for over 100. Like the openers did their job in an old traditional opening sense. They blunted that yeah. new ball. And then it all fell apart. Yeah, it did. The the bowling attack, I mean, it's the best in the world and and by a pretty considerable margin, I reckon. Well, our spinners got 500 wickets. 501. Yes, huge, huge to say the least. What a player. Yeah, so let let us let us talk about that. We have, you know, he's nicknamed the goat. He's he's a cultural icon in Australia with a bald head and even balder legs apparently. And he scored or took his 500th wicket in the most anticlimactic <laughs> fashions with a DRS review. Yeah, a bit of a shame that it came by a DRS, don't you reckon? And then not a few balls later, he l- hoiks up this flighty, loopy turner, lands it on the spot just on a fifth stump line. It turns back in, keeps lower yeah. than a snake's nuts, skips under the bat, bowls in. That was his 501st <laughs> I think we should take that DRS wicket off him, give it back to Travis Head because he took the last one in the first <laughs> innings. We all hate him for that. And Lyon's 500th wicket can be at that climactic. No, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll back that. If we can start a petition for it, I'm a thousand percent on board. But yeah, what what a shame, really. You know, you're in the flow of the game. Everyone's focused on the ball. You all go up. Oh, my God. And then it's like pandemonium. You know, he starts doing laps around the place. I'm sure you remember the the nice Gary ball from, I think it was an Ashes test, where in the Boxing Day test, p- Facebook petition went around that on the th- Nathan Lyon's third ball that he bowls in the middle of an oh, over, the whole crowd will stand up and <laughs> nice, say, nice Gary. Gary, because Matthew Wade was the keeper at the time yeah. and would not stop yeah. saying that. And as the cricket gods blessed us on the third ball, everyone gets ready to, as he lofts it, shout, nice Gary, takes Boom. a wicket. And it's just yeah. all pandemonium broke loose. It was fantastic. This time, DRS review. Yeah, it is. it, is, it was a little bit um, bit stifling to the mood when everyone goes up. He's, he's ready for that little moment of pandemonium. And you kind of go, okay, well, just stop for a second. Just like, wait. We'll watch a bit yes, of TV but- first. VARs jumped in. Yeah. It's ruining the game. I mean, look, Nathan Lyon as a player, like former member of the the ground staff at the Adelaide Oval to Australia's third highest wicket taker of all time, remarkable, you know? And he's in hallowed company, like James Anderson, Stuart Broad, Glenn McGrath, Shane Warne, Matai Muraleader, and Anil Kumble. Like, you've got four spinners in there, two leggies, two oppies. Like, that is a- That is- some pretty good company yeah, to keep. It's a great list to be on. You mentioned Glenn McGrath. Glenn McGrath is 62 wickets ahead of him. Is he going to catch him? Mm. I mean, he's what? How old is he? How long do we 30, think he's got? He's, 30, he's 36. 36. Okay. He's 36. But as the grade cricketer, our rival podcast, if they know that we exist, said, he, he has gotten so much. Oi, I'm going to claim <laughs> it. You shut up. Do you want to come back? Do you want to come back? <laughs> yes, please, sir. <laughs> I should don't think I have you for the next one. Anyway, we'll see after after Christmas. See how charitable oh, I'm feeling. Please. But I'll bring as you they back. say, Nathan. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's a full code. Like there's just no podcast left by the end of end of the calendar year. <laughs> 
the great cricketer said that Nathan Lyon gets better with age, and it's absolutely true. I was while I was I was sitting in a hotel room in Wagga on Saturday, which for the third day, and just willing that extra wicket because he'd gotten to, he'd gotten the openers. He was on four hundred and ninety nine. We're wanting him to win. We weren't to know that Travis Head was about to turn up and take the last wicket of the innings like mm. an absolute mm. bastard. And I, a criticism I've always had of Nathan or not a criticism, a critique, is that he bowls quite fast for yeah. a spinner. It works for Jadeja because Jadeja just fires the balls in quick. He's on Indian pitches most of the time, blah, 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 blah. But Nathan Lyon bowls around 88, 89 to 92 Ks an hour generally. And then his change up is the slower ball. 79 to 82 Ks, loops it up, gets the drift, gets the late dip, gets the spin, or keeps straight, takes a wicket. And he was just for three overs firing in 90 K an hour balls. Send 90 it down, K an hour. Some 90 K. Pa- Pakistan were on nine. <laughs> like they was one wicket to get. Stop setting up the tail ender and just get his <laughs> wicket, Nathan. Because someone's gonna take it from yeah. you. Someone else is going to take it, and there's going to be many disappointed people in the crowd at Optus Stadium that day. And someone did. (laughs) Travis Head, public enemy number one. Maybe, uh, maybe the future, uh, future spinner. Maybe, like they're not bringing anyone else in. Like they've ditched Swepson and Murphy's just in Sheffield Shield. I don't even think Murphy's in the squad. Yeah, I mean, Lyon seems to be kind of the uh, the only man standing in the spin department. Maybe he'll be like a our WG Grace, and he'll just keep playing until he's fifty. But why not do it? He seems to be he seems to be like holding up well, you know. Yeah, except for that debilitating leg injury he got during the Ashes. Oh yeah, what's a broken leg or two? <laughs> he could still bat. He did just yeah. fine. Those twelve runs <laughs> yeah, saved match. Right. And next up, well, probably should have been first up. Really, was Davy Warner's century mm. at the top of the match, one hundred and sixty-four. Yes. Not just a, not, didn't eke a century. He, he hit a century. He smashed a century and hung around for a bit more. Got over one. He made one pretty comfortably. And I think he made a lot of people, uh, eat their words. Well, a lot of people or one person? I'm, I may have said a few things. (laughs) (laughs) I genuinely was referencing Michael Johnson. But if you want to take credit for David Warner's biggest critic, I will lay (laughs) that wreath. Around your neck. <laughs> Not the biggest one, but I think there are a few more than just Johnson. Ah, oh, it's Johnson. I might have said a thing or two. I think you said a few more things than me <laughs> if we're really thinking about it. I think Patrick Cullen had a few of Yeah. Opinions. Well, I mean, the classic tale of two, two innings, right, comes out and oh. makes a very solid knock of 164. I ch- genuinely feel that he's only got the attention span for one innings every six months. <laughs> yeah, I think so. When was his when was and his double ton used up, two years ago? Well, it was a year ago against South Africa. Oh, it was last year. So that was his allotment. It was his allotment for the first six months of the Australian Test Summer into yep. this year. And then he saved saved his next six months allotment for this <laughs> test. Just just to show Mitchell Johnson what's what. Yeah, just, just though. I mean, look, in that in that first innings, he looked good. Like, did he get a few a bit lucky in the first few overs? Yeah, he did. Oh, him and Kwaja both did. Shaheen Shah Afridi w- was not getting the wickets that he deserved. No. Like, he was bowling very, very well. And I think he got two for the innings. And all the wickets went to one of their debutants, Jamal. Yeah, who 
who took six Bol- bowling and Shaheen bit. actually only got one. Yeah, and Jamal, you bowled without luck. Shaheen bowled without luck. The, all, the entire Pakistani pace attack bowled without mm. luck because Warner and Kawaksha, they were given some yeah. chance. I mean, they, they did, but look, once, once Warner was in, it kind of was the Warner of old, you know, picking up the ball super early, knowing where he wants to hit it, and just executing with brute force. Oh, that- the shot that I think typified his innings was the ball that was heading down leg. Like, that is a, a leave ball. And he crouched down and just kind of swiveled yeah. and didn't deflect the ball. But as the ball was passing him, just, just hit it back a little faster yeah. and higher yeah. for six. Did you see on, um, on, on the coverage on Channel 7, though, as soon as Warner hit his first boundary on day one- Straight away, they panned to Mitchell Johnson in the stands for his reaction. <laughs> <laughs> up in up in the yeah, ABC, yeah. reporters they love bo- a bit of drama, don't they? They said they love trying to manufacture drama, and I don't know why it irks me so much, but it really does. They they did the same thing with um with Mary Fowler and Nathan Cleary when all that was you know when that was dominating our headlines for weeks for whatever reason. But they panned up to him and Johnson just showed no emotion, didn't clap, didn't frown, just kind of went, okay, <laughs> calibrating, calibrating. <laughs> I'm pretty sure MJ was directly asked if he, you know, had any thoughts about the century. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Mitchell Johnson, which wasn't his normal motor separando when he was in the middle of the pitch, is he just flat batted at back gun. No, nah, watch some good cricket. Ooh. Cool. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, unfortunately, we'll only get this back and forth between the two for another another th- two weeks, and then David Warner will retire. Yeah. I mean, supposedly. look, he said he said um, the criticism doesn't get to him, right? But it clearly does. Of course, it does. He reaches his century. He does his classic, you know, Toyota jump in the air, and then and then does a very clear yeah, does a very clear shush to the crowd the media johnson whoever right and i found it so funny cuz i was like all right cool he's going on the offensive here to be like watch this you know guys and then in the second innings he's got a chance to back it up make a quick fire 50 and truly silence the critics <laughs> how'd that go <laughs> we know how it went he made it dark <laughs> <laughs> not not even made a duck. He, he made a duck in the most David Warner <laughs> uh, way possible, which is that l- little loft to yeah. mid-wicket. Like, if he's not flailing at a wide one that is directed at third slip and edging it to fourth, he is just knocking that ball to mid-wicket or to square leg with his little short arm pull and going, oh, I don't it's know. It's that nervous hesitancy where he ha- he doesn't commit to a shot yet he overcommits to a defence and he's kind of caught in this no man's land where he'll just, you know, pop it to covers or to mid-wicket or do a nothing shot, you know? And, and in all my professional batting experience, I think he could do better. <laughs> yes, I second that view, Alex. <laughs> yes, thank, thank you, Kat. Oh, I would definitely like to do an entire podcast with this voice, just reviewing England's frailties <laughs> in the cricket arena in the last you, 12 months. You'd have to rebrand you as a Sir Reginald Spinks. I'm sure one exists. I'll find great-great-grandpapa. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, all right. So, I think 
We've talked a bit about the cricket, just a little. We should probably hear from the man upstairs who has sent through a tape for us. As regular listeners of the podcast know, and for those who are joining us for the first time on episode 99, thank you for joining us this late into our careers. We get tapes from correspondents around the world. Usually, we get some from both sides. We do not have a tape from Adam Hassan at this time. He is enjoying his time in Egypt, probably not paying attention to any cricket whatsoever, and is probably feeling better for it. But we do have a tape from our creator god, Patrick Cullen, about the most recent test. Ollie hasn't heard this before. I haven't heard this before. We listen to what Pat has to say. We try to make some jokes. But generally, I found the dulcet tones of the six-foot-tall ginger man is more than enough to entertain you all. So, here is Patrick Cullen. Yes, boys, he's back. Your favourite new Aussie correspondent, the poor man's Alex Spinks. It's me, Paddy Cullen. And listen, does it get tiring being a modern-day Nostradamus, having my fingers so fully on the pulse that they call me Dr House? Absolutely. But I reckon even Blind Freddy could have seen this one coming. Side note, who was Blind Freddy? And why have people been giving him crap for a couple of hundred years? Feels unfair. It's probably an umpire. Am I right, fellas? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, crap jokes aside, it's fair to say that we rolled them, particularly in that second innings, where the great Gary Lyon took his 500th wicket and we got them all out for 89. And even better, your old mate over here got to watch it happen. But I'll come back to that later. Even though we made 487 in the first dig, Pakistan actually had some really good moments, Jamal being the standout for six for 111. And if they were actually used to the pace and the bounce it could take their catches, it would have been a lot more competitive. There's one particular moment where a spinner had caught an edge, I can't remember which one it was, and it went to Safra's behind the wicket, and he had his hands held low next to the stumps, expecting it to come through stump height or lower, and it bounced and hit him in the shoulder. I mean, that's just not stuff you can prepare for when you're coming from the subcontinent to Australia to really, you know, adjust to in the moment. Hold up there, Pat. That hit to the new captain's back <laughs> was painful yeah. to watch. Pakistan had just lost their first wicket. Imam and Shafiq had done well to blunt the new ball. Masood comes out and just starts flailing at balls. Like, he probably should have been out three <laughs> or four times before then. He settles down, but Imam al-Haq goes, no, our captain's setting an example that I need to follow. Drills the straightest of drives straight at his captain at the non-striker's end, who just manages to turn around and get middled in the spine between his shoulder blades. Oh, God. Just painful. I can feel it, dude. You know, like, when you see a paper cut and you clench up your fingers? I think this is a little more serious than a paper cut. (laughs) No, I'm just saying- Like, just between you and me, I I would take a thousand paper cuts- before I get drilled in the back with a cricket ball from a professional batter's bat. A thousand's a lot. Okay, 900. For, <laughs> like, we're splitting it. But yeah, fair. I mean, a cricket ball's hard, dude. It hurts. Oh, is it? <laughs> you ever played? You ever, you ever? Oh, thank you for this new piece of information you're giving me, Oliver. I thought a cork ball was as soft as a wine bottle stopper. <laughs> you ever, um... Thank you for telling me a cricket ball would hurt if you're hit with it at speed. <laughs> you ever played with an alfoil ball? No, my parents loved me. I had a ball. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair enough. At the very least, a tennis ball with electrical tape. No, no. I mean, alfoil ball's terrible. 
but you get just alfoil from the kitchen drawer. Squish it down as tight. As Where else do you get it? The ground? <laughs> yeah, if you're a mining company. If you're mates with Twiggy Actually, Forest. I'm from the Hunter. We, we, we do mine a lot. Yeah, of, crunch lot it down as tight it. as you can and then wrap one side with electrical tape. You can bowl it on off as long as you want. It's going to point. Like- <laughs> <laughs> oh, so oh, that would be my new excuse because I had such inflexible shoulders as a young child that all of my balls- No, no, no. Point. You're just a bad bowler. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. I say I was a good wicketkeeper. That's just so no one else asked me if I could battle bowl. <laughs> Specialist fielder. That's what they call you. Yeah, because I had gloves, because I couldn't catch with my bare hands. Yes. Anyway, let's go back to Pat. That being all said, Davey Warner started the game with a brilliant century, 164, silencing some particularly Mitchell Johnson-shaped critics. Ably supported by cracking 90 from the Bison, 40s from Usman and Trav, the Australians looked pretty imperious. The Pakistan openers made good inroads, but once Cummins dismissed Shazad with a cracker and Barber fell to the bison, they were pretty cooked. 271 was never going to be enough. Lewis was unlucky to miss out on a hard-fought ton on a pitch that was doing everything by the third and fourth day. Bouncing, turning, keeping low. But there also really were runs out there if you applied yourself. The bison, again impressing, with 63 not. As I mentioned, the Pakistan second innings was a disaster, and I'd mitigated tragedy for them, a complete destruction. Being there for Gary Lyon's 500th wicket was something I will never forget. And a little more on that next week. Excuse me, Patrick. What do you mean more on that next week? You were there. Maybe he's hoping that- You and Chris were maybe there. Maybe he's hoping that 502 and 503 are even better. Oh, I assume Nathan Lyon will get seven wickets in the Boxing Day test. But I don't want to hear about his 500th wicket after the <laughs> Boxing Day test. I want to hear it yeah, after fourth, the fourth test, Patrick. Like, I, I don't appreciate the lack of work <laughs> ethic coming from the employers on this podcast. I am starting that union. Anyway, let's go back to the man who's put so much effort into his tape. Here's Patrick. One last thing to mention is how poor the crowd numbers were at Optus Stadium. 9,000 people to see Gary Lyon take his 500th was pretty poor. And I have to eat a bit of humble pie myself, whack it in the oven, Chris Goodrick, for the Indian fans who I criticised pretty heavily for not turning up during the World Cup. So I don't really know what's going on there. The Optus Stadium is amazing. I had a really delicious ice cream and a couple of delicious Gage Rose Beverageinos. Competition was pretty good, minus that final innings from the Pakistan side. And the Australians won and Nathan Lyon got his 500th wicket. I mean, what's going on, Western Australians? Why aren't we going to this? Why isn't there crowds there? It's 30 bucks a ticket. Like, what's What? Get there, West Australians, or let's get back to the whacker. Anyway, that's enough from me. I reckon Bardo might chime in next week or the week after with a tape or two from here as I'm about to head out of range. And can I quickly say, while I stare into my crystal ball, get ready for another four-dayer, fellas, the MCG, maybe even a three-dayer. I reckon we are going to roll the Pakistan team pretty, pretty hard again. See you next week, fellas. Thanks so much for all your work. Enjoy doing the show. I'm loving listening to you. And uh, all the last thing to say is... Ah, 
Uh, thank you very much, Patrick, for putting in the bare minimum to your podcast while you're out in your ancestral home. Crump, he makes a good point there with the lack of a crowd. I feel like he is misplacing his query that it is West Australians' fault that only 9,000 people turned up because from memory, WA, the largest state in Australia, has a population of 15,000. And I just don't think they can all get there for the cricket. But I think it does point to a lacklustre summer, shall we say. I think you and I would not be here hosting this show if this was a a, a blockbuster, (laughs) if this was going to be selling all the tickets and all the traffic to the podcast. It's a bit of a Lame duck of it, the series. It is. It is. And I'd hate to admit it, maybe my, my ego will take a little blow, but seventh drop opening for the summer is a little unusual. <laughs> <laughs> but I think- I think. Oh, we just thought we'd <laughs> give you a go. I think you can face you can face the new yeah, ball. The night yeah, watchman. Nah, at- you'll be right, son. I'm not hungover. You should definitely just go out there and like, give I, it your I think best it, shot. Look, I think it's a few things. One, you're right. Perth- has a, a much smaller population and for a monster stadium to try and pack it out, you know, for five days, for three and a half days of pretty one-sided cricket is is a pretty tall ask as it is. But it's not a particularly thrilling summer. No. And, like, the Optus Stadium, it, it's, a, it's a lovely stadium. They did very well. It's a perfect circle. Mm-hmm. So, well done to the engineers on that one. It's not the Wacker. No. Like, people would go to the Wacker for fun. Yeah. Just, just to the stadium, if they could. Optus Stadium, it doesn't have the same charm. The pitch doesn't have the same charm. Yes, this pitch was a two-paced, variable, bouncing monster by yeah, day it was a four, shithole. But it was a green top with no crack. Yeah. And that's not what we associate no, with. No, no. It was, it was a stinker. There were, like, fissures, dude. It was like- No, no, no. No. Melbourne- the MCG pitch is a stinker. <laughs> like, that is a road. That three-toned pitch that India trotted out for us for the third test during our winter, that was a stinker. Yeah, fair. This doesn't have the same character as its predecessor. No, I mean, the character is missing, and I think the character is what made the Wacker test a Wacker test. You know, they tried to create the hill, you know, it's like it's a, mm. a fifth of the size and it's astroturf and there's, you know, people walking around with who wants a chip, who wants a beer. It's like it's it's not the same vibe as being able to bring your kids to the cricket on a warm afternoon, have them, you know, bowling and batting on the hill in a nice intimate venue where everyone's there and it feels packed out. It feels like the whole of Perth is there on a great wicket watching a great test. Yeah, just small crowds at a cricket game really can ruin a good cricket game. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, of of course. I mean, it's all about the mood and the atmosphere, right? And, like, Gary scored, like, took his 500th wicket in front of 9,000 apathetic Western Australians on a Sunday afternoon going, well, I didn't have anything else to do this day. (laughs) Inside a giant stadium that probably felt like there was 2,000 in there. Chris Barty sent a photo to the group chat oh, like earlier that day, before we knew that him and Pat were there together, just going, oh, look at this 
full stadium and it looked like a Sheffield Shield game. <laughs> like, it was just empty. I think my comment was, look at all the leg room that you have. Like, it was just tiny and that that can really make it hard for you to celebrate what is an astounding achievement. Yeah, of course. For our greatest off-spinner of all time, statistically the second greatest off-spinner of all time. Well, onwards and upwards to 600, right? Well, he's going to play till he's 50, so I think we can- <laughs> he, he, Murali's in trouble here. <laughs> I, think, with his I think so. Yeah. All right, so anything else that we want to chat about from from the game, Oliver, yeah, from well, life, like how you're feeling? Maybe just your quickly- okay? Oh, she's doing great, as always. But but hold your, uh, hold your horses there, Alex, because last, last week- Horses held. Yes, you- don't gallop away. There's a few more things to inspect <laughs> in the stable. Mr. Red, like, calm your farm. Ollie said, wait. No, but after, um, after doing a bit of research on old Tip Foster <laughs> last week. Oh, no. <laughs> I came. I, no, no, don't worry. I, I've come across a couple of people lately that are just multi-talented individuals. And it's something that my simpleton brain is just blown away by. Right? Did they have any connection to this day? Is it their no, birthday? No, 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 no. I mean, like Elise Perry, like about to take on India, debuted for the Australian women's cricket team at 16 years old. Two weeks later, she debuts for the Australian women's soccer team. And she probably earned about $700 total yeah. from those debuts. Yeah, unfortunately so. But um, Not to downplay your achievement, Elise. You're an <laughs> absolute god of sport, but I'm just saying that women should be paid more in cricket. But an- another man, a guy by the name of Vic Richardson, I'm sorry to do this to you, mate. I, I gave you the one-two before, but made his Australian debut on this day. Yes! Oh. <laughs> we can get trumpets playing in the background. <laughs> hey, rounds of the fanfare is crazy. All 8,000 people. <laughs> who, who I believe is just Viv Richards in a moustache. Yeah. Close to, he had a Kraken mo. And, and it was his debut on this day. What a day it was. It was 1924, Australia I v. It England. <laughs> you would, you old man. First test of the Ashes at the Oi. SCG. Actually, four debutantes were taken to the field for the first time. Bill Ponsford, prolific Australian batter. Oh, yeah. yeah made 110 on debut. 2,000 runs for Australia, averaging a tick under 50. There was Titch Freeman, an Englishman. Sorry, what? Titch Freeman. This Hitch. yeah, this bloke was a leg like that little blue thing from the Disney film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to play cricket for Australia. <laughs> Mom, so help me. Sorry, I think I have a good uh, stitch voice. My niece loves it. So this, sort of crack it out. This bloke was an Englishman, leg spinning freaking machine. Alex, the only man to take three hundred Test wickets in a first class season. How's this? He took wait test wickets in a first class. Season. Sorry, was it sorry. Were they test wickets or a first class? Three hundred wickets. Oliver, three hundred wickets. Three hundred wickets. In you a first you class. call yourself a sports he, journalist. He took two hundred and fifty wickets a season for six consecutive seasons. Nobody, wow. nobody has ever done that once since nineteen oh one. The third debutant, Arthur Richardson, no relation to Vic Richardson. Also, or Viv Richards, also had a spectacular debut, falling agonisingly short of a century, dismissed on 98, caught and bowled by our man Titch. Those are Shane Watson's stats. <laughs> and then we come to Vic Richardson, a proud South Australian, former Australian captain, and regarded as one of the best fielders the cricketing world has ever seen. 
He captained Australia, South Australia in today's equivalent of the AFL. He represented Australia in baseball. He represented South Australia in golf. And he won a state title for South Australia in tennis. Now, you just named two of my most hated sports of all time, and now I don't care about this man. Golf and baseball, to be specific. Tennis is great. Well, I'll wrap it up quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Please, please, show me your work. <laughs> but it's but it's someone that enjoys God. That uh, hits a little bit close for me. All my maths teachers over there, show me your working. I go, well, I've got the answer. And they go, no, show me your working. <laughs> oh, I got it from Stephanie. She gave it to me. <laughs> I haven't heard it. <laughs> But as someone that enjoys all sport, I'm a bit in awe. Like, I'm not- I say I enjoy all sport, but baseball and golf can get in the bin. Um, I'm on the fence. Golf, golf, I'm oh, actually starting oh, to Oh, what enjoy. a strange thing that Oliver <laughs> Crump has ever said is I don't want to dip my toe in either way. I'm on the fence. <laughs> no, I am actually starting to enjoy golf. I'm, um- oh, you started playing golf. Don't, don't let my that's, don't that's let my finger shame come out from your mouth. Is like you've started a small business and all of a sudden taken up an interest in golf. <laughs> oh, the two that's unheard the of. The two are unrelated, completely uncorrelated. At the ripe old age of twenty nine, you've turned into a fifty eight year old divorcee. And I'll tell you something, Alex. It feels great. <laughs> no, 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 no. In all seriousness, look, I won't, I won't, I'm not going to turn this into an awkward giggling eulogy like I did last week, but- What is this podcast, if anything other than high-pitched ferret-style giggles? <laughs> like, I think we've brought the the general uh, pitch tone down Good. <laughs> since we've moved, because our <clears throat> laughs are manly. Yes. We're manly, manly laughs. Of course. <laughs> you play golf. <laughs> but Vic Richardson- Prolific sportsman and actually quite prolific in the bedroom as well, Alex. I don't want to hear the stats. I really don't. <laughs> if, it, if ESPN Quick Info's got a list on these stats, I don't want to hear it. It's, How many middle it's, stumps did he hit? Not, I don't want to know. It's, it's, it's not quite statistical. It's more emotional. Was he suspended for ball tampering? Was he using saliva on the ball? No. Is that why he's not playing anymore, Oliver? <laughs> really? How many pegs did he take? <laughs> Look, Vic Richardson- How many pies did he chuck while he was in the middle of the spell? Vic Vic Richardson actually was the grandfather of three test cricketing brothers that you may be aware of by the names of Ian, Greg, and Trevor Chappell. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a little dig. So, he he was more of an underarm kind of bowler. (laughs) Yes, yes. But a Vic Richardson, I'll leave it there. Sir, thank you and happy debut day to you. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think I've ever identified with Pat Cullen more in my life with I'm so underwhelmed by these segments <laughs> and, and I really don't want to hear it again. <laughs> Look, I didn't mean to descend into into chaos so quickly. But- I don't care if Don Bradman himself debuted on the on a Boxing Day test. I I don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, I've got plenty more up my sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> moving on, Joey. I I think we've we've encapsulated the Pakistan. Australia men's tests quite well is Nathan Lyon got his 500, David Warner, God, he got a century. And so now no one's going to question mm. him for the next two weeks. The Pakistan bowling debutants, 
bowled incredibly well without luck. Yeah. Jam- Jamal getting six for in the first innings and could have gotten more. Like his early early bashes weren't great. And then Shazad picked up three in the Australia's second innings. So the debutants are doing okay. And big doing big well. wickets as well. I, I, they did get unlucky. And Jamal was expensive, obviously, in the first innings. He was probably, you know, targeted for- for early nerves, of course, but they they both picked up big wickets. I mean, Jamal yeah, like Jam- Warner. He got Head, Warner. He got Head Harry, when he was on yeah. a run. Like, he did really well. Shaheen Shahafridi got Kawaja. Like, he led the pack without luck, but they did well. There's not many other stories on that. Baba Azam made start, didn't convert. Shan Masood averages 25, so he, did it, he just upped his average by scoring 30 <laughs> in the first yeah. innings. And lowered it by scoring two in the fourth. But I think we've got that now. So, we have a women's test coming up. We've got the Australian women against India, which mm-hmm. starts on the 21st, which is probably the date this podcast goes out. And we have a new captain. Yes. Meg Lenning retired a few months ago. We were not broadcasting at the time, so we weren't able to talk about it that much. But Meg Lenning, servant of the game, captain for over 10 years, young debutante, young captain, and heralded the upsurge in the interest, especially in Australia, for women's cricket. Like, we have just been, un- were unbeatable for such a long stretch of time. You had Meg Lenning captaining, you had Elise Perry coming into her own, you had Alyssa Healy. You had three of the best batters, best players in women's cricket in the world. Meg Lenning has retired and Alyssa Healy is stepping up to the plate. She's returned from an injury to her finger where her two Staffordshire Bull Terriers were fighting. She tried to separate them and they tried to bite her hand off. (laughs) So she didn't play the WBBL and actually was genuinely concerned about her career as a wicketkeeper. Yeah. But we have a test. It is a four-day test. The five-day tests only have recently come in for the Women's Ashes series. I will not rant about how much I think women's tests should go five days. Jesus Christ, they all want it. We all want it. We hate seeing draws. But we have a series against India starting on the 21st of December with a test. Then they have to stay over there over Christmas. And then there's three ODIs, three T20s. Ollie, do you think... India's spin will absolutely ruin us, as it always does, in all formats of the game, unless it is a World Cup and we're playing India and they put a flat track out there and then they just kind of reap their own rewards. (laughs) Look, is it going to cause us concern? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But look, maybe I'm biased. I mean, well, of course I'm biased. Oh, maybe. Of course I'm biased, but I'd I'd actually favour the Aussies here. Like, they're undefeated in the test arena and- like nine years or eight years or something crazy like that. They they just played a warm-up match, a 50-over match the other day against the Mumbai Women's Eleven. Alyssa Healy, Beth Mooney both made 50s. Lauren Cheadle took a four for like- as Beth a- Mooney, friend of the pod, just because I would really like to be her friend, the absolute Terminator. <laughs> that is a unit. They're, they're looking good and they're playing really well. You're right, Alex. The challenge for them will be the conditions, the pitch, and the spin. And it's at Wankhede Stadium, which is, to my mind, the most doctored pitch in all of Indian cricket in Mumbai. 
we have great spinners mm. like Alana King, Young, Savant of the leg spinning variety. We have Ash Gardner, Jess Jonathan. Like those are three players that are almost guaranteed selection. And we've also got Georgia Warham in the wings who probably could come up and can bat a bit. So our spinning bank is quite good. How are our batters going to combat it? I'm not actually asking that question to you genuinely. I am asking, do you think we can? Like, it is, it's home conditions. It's around Christmas. It's a baked pitch. Yeah. I mean, the Indian women, they're a, they're a force to be reckoned with. Did you, do you see the result against the England, England women's? Oh, no, I don't tend to pay attention to England's failures. I think they scored about 120. They did. But I, I wasn't paying attention. Them. Not like, I wasn't paying not attention. like, oh, put under stress and a couple of cracks showed. They took them apart piece by piece and threw them across the floor. Like, one by 350-odd runs inside two and a half days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't enjoy that at all. <laughs> I mean, yes, I'm laughing because haha sucked in England, but maybe there's a bit of nervous laughter in there as well, you know? Oh, I that you might be selling us a bit short there. Look, they're a good side. I mean, listen to the figures. Deepti Sharma for uh, India, all-rounder for India. First innings, she scored 67, took five for seven. Second innings, scored a quick fire 20 and took four for 32. Five for seven. Yeah. Yeah. Took me a couple of a couple of looks at that one. Like, is that not just the biggest oh just it's just a day in the office for me, girls? <laughs> nah, it's just what I do. Like five for seven. Yeah, five for seven. No matter if you follow cricket scores internationally, which would make it seven for five, or in Australia, because we're the only country that ah. makes it five for seven. You'd be happy with either. Yeah, very happy. Very, very- Actually, no, I think most bowlers would prefer the other way around. Seven for five. Sense. Yeah, no, like we- I took <laughs> I took three wickets for 128 runs. No, 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 no. I took 128 <laughs> wickets for, for three for runs. <laughs> I've been going since 2016 and it's been a wild ride. Mate, no one can score a run off me. I'm just- I'm just that good. Yeah, look- Am I a little concerned? Am I a little bit worried? Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I didn't, but oh, it's going to be a cracking match, that's for sure. Five for seven off five over. Sorry, I just looked up yeah. the stats because I was like, I can't. Yeah. Like, because I like England scored 130 odd, 136, as I'm reading here. And one of your bowlers took five for seven off five overs. Deepti Sharma was the least bold bowler in yeah. that in it. Yeah. And she takes five for seven. Right. That is horrendous. It's crazy. She's incredible. Um, Left-handed batter and bowls right arm off breaks. <laughs> oh, that does my head in. Because I'm the reverse. Like, that's, that's my dad, but without the success that Deepti Sharma has. Because <laughs> I'm a right-handed batter that bowls left arm off breaks. Really? And, yeah, I'm a weirdo. Ambidextrous I, king. Go, go Absolutely on, king. not. I'm, I'm two-handed right-handed, so- Batting, golf, baseball, that archery, that kind of thing. I'm right-eyed, but one-handed, I'm left-handed. And I am nowhere near as successful as Deepti Sharma is. Yeah. I'm Michael Clark. I'm Michael Clark. 
that's that's, that's a stretch. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like I am. I just got plastic surgery done. I'm about to divorce my wife. I'm, I'm going to have a argument with Carl oh, Stefanovic outside of a holy house. <laughs> but yes, so we've got the test series, the test match. Sorry, not a test series. We've got the series against India. I think that we will do the business in the test. At the very least, a draw. Mm -hmm. But when you have Beth Mooney, when you have Alyssa Healy, when you have Elise Perry's form has not been the same for the last few years, but she is a test match machine. This is a woman who averages 89 in test matches. And the only reason it's 89 is because her form has dropped in the last two years because that woman averaged 130-odd. First double ton in women's tests, like an absolute phenom. I think the test is okay. How do you think we're going to go in the ODIs and the T20s? Oh, just as well. <laughs> All right, cool. So it is going to be an absolute whitewash for the Australian women in all formats of the game, even though the last Ashes was an absolute draw on the ridiculous point system that they have for the women's series. We drew against England at home, effectively, won the test, won an ODI, won a T20. Our short format wasn't up to scratch. Yeah, and and looking at the uh, the the Indian women, they've they've got a team, and their shorter format is it's pretty tight on home on home soil. I, I would be a little uh, a little more worried. I I, I got to say, you just said we're going to roll them. Like pick a lane, mate. I've I've got to I've got to jump between. Uh, between the you're practical on the fence. Brain. I get it. <laughs> no, no, no. I get it. I get the it. The practical brain and just you know general outlandish comments that I can make you know willy nilly. That is genuinely why you're here. There's some willy nilly comments, mate. We are about to wrap up the episode. Do you have any last messages for me, for the both of our listeners, for the man upstairs? What have you got? Yeah, well, I did. I did want to finish finish on something. I don't know. Good, because last time you I, finished on absolutely nothing, and I was—I have to say it, son—disappointed in you. I know. Not angry, you, just disappointed. You set me up for the layup, called my name, and I was already driving out of the car park. <laughs> I was gone. I was on my way to to Tahiti, mate. I was just like, really appreciate being here, but see ya, <laughs> mate. Look, I I love a bit of bit of trivia, and you, Alex, you seem to be a wealth of knowledge when it comes to cricket and even can you tell my dad and that? even when you don't know something you say it with such conviction and certainty that i maybe too often just blindly accept it so you are bringing up old words <laughs> for our relationship oliver in a very public forum which will one no, day no, be no, used no. <laughs> in a criminal trial <laughs> so i just thought today I, I'd push you to the sword, pop you on the hot seat, and give you a couple cricket trivia questions to see how you fare. So, Ooh, I don't have Google open in front of me right now, <laughs> but yeah, let's go. I, I have three questions for you, and I propose the rules to be this: you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to accept them, but these are my conditions. If you get, <laughs> if you get three out of three right, I have for you a little present. It's a a festive bottle of wine with your name on the front. Direct from Santa's workshop, I have to admit. May have opened it already. Santa's help. <laughs> Santa's help. I got a little thirsty the other night. 
what I what I want to know is it's got my name on it. What do you do if I lose? Well, you just try and find an orphan with my name <laughs> and give give him the present. If you get if you get none out of three right, you have to say on record, Oliver Crump's a cricketing genius, far better than myself. Oh, <laughs> this feels like a, a subplot from Brooklyn Nine Nine from the Halloween heists, and I accept. Hell to the frick, yeah, baby. I am Captain Holt. You are Jake Peralta. Okay. I accept. Here we go. So, question one. In 1979. <laughs> I do not accept anymore. None me- of my siblings were born. None of my cousins were born. Hear me out. Born. Hear me out. My dad was 15. Hear me out. Hear me out. You may or may not know these. <laughs> but you- oh, <laughs> that is the point of the game. But yeah, sure. Look, in 1979 at the Wacker- Dennis Lilly came out to bat, but what was his bat famously made out of? Oh, I've made a big show. I do know this. <laughs> Go on, then. Get it wrong to prove yourself right. Uh, I No, I will be right regardless. And as the Americans would say, it was made out of aluminum. Correct. Well done. <laughs> Number two. Glenn, oh, I like this. A pop quiz. Glenn McGrath oh, pop quiz played quiz. 33 ODIs specifically against England in his career. He took 53 wickets, but how many runs did he make? 15, 78, or 286? All of them are higher than my initial guess. <laughs> my initial guess was seven. In 33 so ODIs. It's Glenn McGrath. <laughs> Go on, man. What are you going with? Like, we, we, we all- Probably have seen the footage where him and Jason Gillespie both scored 50s in a test match and just everyone could not stop laughing. Yeah, that's the pandemonium we're talking about. So, I'm going to go with, what was it, 15 was was option A? I've got to admit, I'm a little bit nervous here because it's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's boy! How's, how's this? Glenn McGraw is the only cricket player I've ever seen in my life that made me go, I could bat as well as he can. How's this? In one of his in one of the earliest OTIs, he top scored with ten and has, and has made five in the other twenty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me at least two of them were French cuts for four. Like you'd, eight of those. You'd runs. have to think so. There's no way he played any of those runs. For the square <laughs> and intentional. Hey, look, last one. Steve War, as I'm sure everyone knows, had a knack of getting out in the 90s. In- Shane Watson beats him, but sure. In Perth in 1995, he was left on 99 not out after batting partner Craig McDerm- McDermott was run out. Now, at the time, McDermott was injured and had a runner. Who was that runner? I feel so certain about this answer, that if it is wrong, I'm going to feel so bad. But that runner has to be, has to be, to make it interesting, Mark It's War. Mark War! Yeah! <laughs> I've, I've officially lost half a bottle of white wine. Half a bottle? Three quarters, three quarters, three you, quarters. Yeah, I thought you had a tipple. Mate, a bottle of wine with my name on it. I've never been so happy. Congratulations, mate. Look, if you want to tell me that I'm a cricketing genius far better than myself, you can do it in private, but you don't have to put it in the public forum. You are a cricketing genius far better than other people. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mate, thank you so much for the quiz. Thank you for joining me again just before Christmas. To all of our listeners, if you celebrate Christmas or any other holidays around this period, I wish you a happy holiday season. Thank you for joining us. I am unfortunately going to be your host for Two for None's 100th episode, which will air just before the end of the new year, around the 30th of January. Thank you so much for joining us over this long haul. Thank you for joining us if you're new. Big thank you to Pat and Chris for creating this thing, which allows two mildly tipsy men be able to talk about cricket and not have anyone else in our life judge us. Uh, thank you for coming. We will be back after the Boxing Day test around the 30th of January. We have the women's test before then. Any last words, Ollie? Nothing else from me, mate. It's a pleasure right, to be then. here once again. Echoed the uh, the sentiments for everyone having a, a happy and safe festive season, and uh, hopefully we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, you're fired. Anyway, thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> we will catch you after the Christmas break, and Ollie, join me if you remember the words. But go to the Two for None is created by Patrick Cullen and Chris Buddy. This episode presented by Alexander Spinks and Oliver Crump, featuring Pat Cullen. This episode was produced by Patrick Cullen at Ginger Snap Productions and edited by Mike Wilcox at Midnight Publishing. Featured clips and music this episode include Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds, Virgin Music in 1985, and Metalingus by Alter Bridge, Wind Up Records, slash Craft Recordings 2004. All music used in conjunction with APRA Amcos online mini license. Contact apra.com.au for more details. You can check us out at gingersnapsydney.com. Make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy, share us on socials, and get the word out that Two For None is a bloody great podcast, we swear. We will be back after the Boxing Day test with a full wrap-up of the men's test, the women's test, and the first women's ODI match. And until then, go those Aussies! Go those Aussies!